Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate abner maris is a world champion boxer olympian sports commentator and most importantly dad to two little girls beloved by abuelas the hardcore fans alike abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mars, we'll hear from Abner and his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life, and just being a husband and a girl dad. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Morris whenever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, joined by Dan and Nick. And obviously, this is not going to be... The Krasnodar match review, which Dan has so eloquently left in the script. This will actually be the Burnley match review. So uh, I hope this isn't a huge shock to our guest, Yan, uh, from most known for, let's see, Yan's Yard and and all of that streaming you do on Twitch. You occasionally run a YouTube channel. I mean, I mean, how's it going, Yan? You've been a busy man. <laughs> hey, boys. Yeah, I have been. I've Although I've just thrown all my Krasnodar notes into the bin um, yeah i'm good man i'm good i'm tired but i'm feeling good and i'm looking forward to talking about uh, chelsea's title challenge so thanks for having me all right Boy. well i guess we're gonna get into this one real quick and, and real deep but um <laughs> gentlemen as, as you as you're aware we do the the three-word match review dan you've been uh, again, picking some of these out. So what do we have for the Burnley match? We've got some good ones. You know, uh, Mr. Thurman from our Discord with Slash and Burnley. Uh, Love uh, that. Our boy SP Beal, Abraham, Drood-esque performance. Dean Mears, the pennies dropped. Mark with money well spent. A special shout out for Nick here, one of them. Z-Man Masterclass from Brian. Hmm. little uh, Casey Joe's reference there, uh, which ooh. he actually treated all of us to a Z-Man, and oh, it was quite delicious. what's up, Brian? That's a winner. There you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, Connor <laughs> presenting Hakim Potter. Kevin with Ziesh Zuma Zero. Joey with a wonderful, who's Ashley Barnes? <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> with Mountain Midfield. Tommy with Worthy of a of Silva Wear, oh. pun intended. Oh boy. And then Kel Hendrick 13, Mendy is God, question mark, very existential three-word review. <laughs> I, I might have underestimated the depth in which I thought this was going to go, Nick. Uh, so uh, keep it going here. Uh, your three-word match review. Uh, you only picked on me because it wasn't in the script, <laughs> which is uh, fun. But uh, mine is going to be comprehensive, cohesive, classy. Okay. Those Three are C's. three words in a row, and they are—they have alliteration, so in your face, do better. Dan, what about you? I was going to talk I about also, it. I, was um, pretty, I thought you said Yan. Did you say uh, Dan or Yan? Dan and Yan. That's going to be yeah. a tough one this episode. We're going to no, have to work through this. I, I'm saving you for the last. We, you're the okay. you're the special treat here, Yannick. So, okay, Daniel. Why'd you say wow, like oh, that? that's so weird. Oh. That's like Krasnodar. <laughs> Krasnodar. 
<laughs> All right, so I went also with three words, also with alliteration, but I went with magician meet midfield. Okay. I went with not the standard, a.k.a. Burnley, which I tweeted about last night and got some interesting engagement. Uh, Yannick, <laughs> what about you, sir? Well, I was going to talk about the midfield, but I've just changed my mind there to um, I want to do what Reese James commented on Edward Mendy's Instagram post, no goals allowed. Mm. Team effort from that group, mm. for sure. Uh, all right, well, look, I hope you got your three-word match review in already. If not, it's too late. That window has shut. We're moving on to what we're going to be talking about in this match review. So how it all was how it was all treats and no tricks for Lampard's men as Ziyech started unleashing his magic. Uh, well, he bunch of praise on a comprehensive midfield performance uh, with a six and a couple eights known as Avert's Mountain Conte. And then obviously we'll talk about Clean Sheet FC and Mendy's uh, day off, which was, uh, yeah, someone even tweeted me and said, I could have been in goal and still have kept that clean sheet. So Ah, dude, I should have gone Nick weekend at been Bernie's. I should have gone weekend at Bernie's. Dang it. You could have strung <laughs> him up in goal and there wouldn't have been a thing. Ah. Weekend at, weekend at uh, Burnley's, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, damn it. Come right, on, well, man. That, one's, that was staring you in the on. face, Nick. Right, right, yeah, right in the face. All, All right, right. Well. well, I think... Uh, Damn it. Now, now we have put the stamp of, of approval it's on dead. these. So. We killed it. Uh, all right. Hey, Damn it. That was so huge, shouts, huge shouts to Mariano and Parker who uh, joined us up on Patreon. Really excited to have you two in there. Uh, Dan, you've got the Apple Podcast reviews. Yeah, people put me to work. I appreciate it. Lots of five-star love on Apple Podcasts this past week. Lance Pa. E. Jordan W. We had D. Stamper 33, DJ SJD 2010, Pedro Junker, Daniel J. Zur, McSweezy DSG, Perry Motivation, and Medic Mike NZ from New Zealand with a little bit of 20 year Chelsea supporting love from the land of Frodo and his friends. But they love that. (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, well done on the on the Apple Podcast user. We appreciate all of you. Uh, Nick, our final call to action before we jump into the match. That's right. Vote. You have you probably are, are too late on early voting. Uh, some states still have it open. Go vote. Uh, mail it in or don't. Um, Dropbox. Dropboxes, also acceptable. Voting in person on the day. Very acceptable. All I right. have a mustache now. Look at this thing. Cool. It's true. Again, it's yeah. an audio podcast first. You have to say, hey, I shaved. I have a mustache now, and it looks weird. It looks awesome. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really pumped about it, actually. I mean, obviously, It's decent, Matt. I've got a lot of time for it. I think it's decent. I was going to say, Yannick, you've obviously had quite your, your own mustache going. You, you've you've got respect it. for this one, huh? You can do, sure, the, man. You can do the twisties, though. Uh, okay. yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, I can do that, man. But I'm half French. It's like, it, you know, it's, it just comes naturally. It's my burden to bear. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here we go into the match review. It was Burnley in the Premier League this past Saturday, October 31st, also known as Halloween. It was at Turf Moor, and the scoreline was Chelsea 3, Burnley 0. Uh, so shout out to the Chelsea Fist stand up. The official app will go ahead and uh, send it to them to run through the goals so you can get reacquainted with this delightful trio. Here we go. Welcome to a windy turf moor as Chelsea return from Russia, looking to move up the Premier League table against a side in Burnley who are yet to win this season. Here's Loughton who sends a diagonal ball forwards and a real chance here for Burnley early on. And it's lifted over the top by Ashley Barnes. Mendy came flying out. Barnes just couldn't apply the finish. Burnley creaking, Chelsea yet to find a way through that moment might come now ball played yeah. back on the edge of the area and a wonderful strike by Ziyech lovely move by Chelsea great link up play great layoff by Abraham it's two goals in two starts for Hakim Ziyech he is settling into his strike nice delivery is a good delivery and Chelsea make it too Kurt Zuma with a powerful header and that may well seal this contest for Frank Lampard's side. What a header. Bashes it into the back of the net. Here's another chance. Ziyech looking for Werner. Chelsea can make it three. And it is exactly what they've done. Burnley carved wide open. And Chelsea are looking sensational here in this second half. Chelsea's quality is really coming to the fore here. 
Byrne works it out wide. Chilwell sends in the cross. Giroud is there. And we said offside, that he had never yeah. scored against Burnley before. And he still hasn't. No, I, think, flag up. I think he was offside. And they do it again from a Mason Mount delivery. He whips it in. It's another header. This time from Thiago Silva. Flung himself at the ball there. Clean sheet for Chelsea. Three goals from three different players and three points to take back to West London. It finishes Burnley nil, Chelsea three. So there it is, gentlemen. Akim Ziyech on target. Then Kurt Zuma with a massive, massive header. And then Timo Werner uh, stayed on far too long but ended up getting a goal. So I guess it all worked out. Uh, obviously, we all predicted a win going into this. If you listen to the match preview, I got the number of goals right. Dan got the clean sheet. Nick got participation points for showing up, so we'll give him that. Uh, Lineup time, Boy. Dan. Run us through how uh, Lampard uh, tricked us yet again, and we have no lineup predictions correct yet. Well, I mean, to be fair, it was a little less of the issue with Lampard and more of a late change, which we'll get into. But Edouard Mendy between the sticks, we had Thiago Silva and Kurt Zuma as the center back pairing with Ben Chilwell and Reese James on the flanks. We had N'Golo Kante, Mason Mount, and Kai Havertz. Yes, your eyes did not deceive you. It was a midfield three. And then we had a front three of Tammy Abraham, Timo Werner, and Hakim Ziyech. Substitutes included Willie Caballero, Carlo Zeiger with a late addition to the bench. <laughs> which was interesting. Antonio Rudiger, Cesar Espoquita as unused substitutes. Jorginho, Olivier Giroud, and Callum all made appearances after the 73rd minute. And one Christian Pulisic was the individual who was starting, got injured, and then was no longer available, Brandon. You're trying to tell me it's not normal to have two backup goalkeepers on the bench? Well, I mean, I figured you probably liked it, but you know, it's not what most squad composition is supposed to look like. Not, not ideal from... Uh from a tactic standpoint, actually. So, uh, yeah, so obviously um, Pulisic getting dropped was not great. Uh, according to Naz, uh, he said, quote, it is a small sensation in his hamstring, so we had to pull him. He couldn't play the game. We will have to scan it. He is frustrated, end quote. Yeah, the video clip of Pulisic walking off the field, Nick, was you could, he was upset, obviously, you know, practically like Hulk ripped his pin, his bib off, threw it on the ground, was, was visibly upset. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, I don't want to spend the entire show talking about a guy who didn't play, but I think for our audience, it was an important development. And he has to get and stay healthy at some point. You know, I think the frustration that he has is the frustration we all feel because uh, Chelsea made no mistake but to let us know that he scored a hat trick at Burnley last year during the week. I think they showed that those highlights about 15 or 20 times. Um, and I, I really thought he was poised for a breakout game here again because it's the exact kind of team that he would rip apart. I mean, Burnley are not quick. He is quick. We played on the counter sometimes. We played with the ball a lot. Uh, the injury is still, you know, kind of hurting him. And I'm, and I'm wondering if he tried to come back too quick um, or if it's just an accumulation of a lot of little things. You know, that can happen as well. So... I just hope that he gets and stays healthy, and unfortunately, Frank has one less option to uh, to choose from. Yeah, definitely hoping it's minor. It's a concern. He's had these soft muscle injuries quite a bit. Um, possession, Chelsea was 64%. We had 14 shots, 9 on target. Burnley had 5 shots, none on target, hence the why I could have played. Um, we out-touched them, out-passed them, just everything you expect. We each had 13 tackles. They had 16 clearances, our 13. Our four, four corner kicks, their three. We had four offsides, all right? We had the Marata special going. Um, and our 15 fouls conceded versus 10. So it was a very choppy match, to say the least. Uh, yeah, and very interesting. Last year, mm -hmm. when we look at expected goals, we were on the very wrong end of it. All of a sudden... We had an expected goals of 1.23, but we bagged three. Burnley had 0.41. They didn't bag any. Uh, mm. That's a nice change of pace this season. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it's always good to outperform your XG, look clinical. Um, sometimes people look at a low XG and think that's bad, but it's not always. In fact, it can represent uh, being good, like being clinical in front of goal. And I think this is like a confidence thing. Um you know, I think we all feel a lot more comfortable watching Chelsea this season, but and it does start at the back. I know it's that old cliche, but confidence starts at the back and it goes all the way to the top. Um, you know, whether it's defending better as a team or if it's just being more clinical with chances, you know, forwards, 
if they don't feel like the whole world's on their shoulders to score, like, you know, we're not going to win unless I score this goal, um, it, you know, they, they, they suddenly, basically the pressure's been lifted this season. You know, the forwards aren't going, oh God, if I don't score this, you know, bad defence and perhaps, un, you know, Kepper and goal with no confidence. Suddenly they feel a little bit more like they can back themselves. And that's probably one of the large reasons why we're outperforming XG. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to agree with that wholeheartedly. Obviously, we'll get to the defense a little bit later, but if we if we get stuck in right away at the top of the running order here, it's Ziyech. The Wizard of West London, as Dan has so appropriately dubbed him all of a sudden. Two starts, two goals, and assist. Everyone's favorite luxury player, Brandon? Question mark. That's right. I'll read the teleprompter verbatim, Dan. I'll do it. And yes, I called him a luxury player, and I stand by it. He's fantastic. He's not great at tackling. I don't care what you say. And he doesn't need to be. But it's uh, not for a lack of effort. It's true. He'll, he'll run. Yeah, I, think, I think maybe that was the thing that people were jumping on you for. It's, it's not like he, he didn't track back. He did. That's true. Yeah, he, he, he got back there. Uh, Naz had a, had a quote from Lampard on Ziyech. <laughs> quote, I expected a lot of him. As I was aware of his qualities, he brings a lot to us, his eye for a pass, goals, and assists. But what I've seen from him is his personality, end quote. I guess, Nick, have, have you been able to see any type of his like personality being asserted on the field? And what does that look like to you? It, what's interesting, and I think it's you know, Werner and Havertz do this if, if you pay attention or in the broadcast. When they misplace a pass to each other or, or a pass was on, they couldn't quite reach it or they didn't finish the, the move. They'll look at each other and start to do one of these things. When I remember uh, against Krasnodar that Ziyech floated one in for Pulisic that he wasn't quite able to get on the end of. And Pulisic looked back at him and it was like dead eyes right at him. Like, you missed that. That one's on you. Like, I think that Ziyech is going to raise the level of this team. I don't think they're, I don't know if he's maybe the most uh, loved player in the locker room or the most congenial but I think he is a killer and eventually everyone's going to get on the same page and it's going to be really really scary <laughs> but like right now you can tell that they're still working out each other's you know kind of uh, ball placements and ball flights and things like that and his is pretty outstanding I mean you have to be honest about that he's he's definitely a weapon in that regard but I, I can tell I, I think He's going to, he, it already is, but he is going to have a, a positive impact on this team for a lot of the season. Yeah, and over to you. Just kind of keep it open on Ziyech and your thoughts on him. Oh, man. Um, I love him. Like, I always maintained since this, like, mental transfer window uh, on, on football therapy. I, I just talked about how I'm most excited about Hakim Ziyech, how I think it's a little bit understated how effective he's going to be because he's the oldest you know, he's the most experienced um, and something that, you know, you guys talking about what Frank Lampard's been saying about Ziyech. Lampard had like this sort of, you know, elite Chelsea team arrogance about him and that, you know, what made Chelsea truly great. Like they were hardworking, they were talented, but they had this like absolute self-belief slash arrogance. And this in uh, Chelsea recently are massively lacking that you know even our like greatest recent player Eden Hazard he didn't have that arrogance you know you know so someone like Hakim Ziyech kind of like what Nick was saying you know he's going to look at people when they don't convert his chances because he's like you know that was an awesome ball I served them up all the time because you know I'm pretty badass and Lampard's been talking about this personality that has brought into the team and you know in probably a more delicate way he's kind of saying what I'm saying now he brings this self-belief, this arrogance. Similarly, the same way that what Bruno Fernandes brought to Man United, you know, he like, they're similar players in many ways. I personally prefer Hakim Ziyech. Yes, half bias, but yes, also like his player profile. But they're like, no bollocks, I'm coming in and we're an amazing team and you've got to sort your shit out, mate. Do you know what I mean? So that that's something that Hakim Ziyech will bring. But, it, you know, it's almost like an old school uh, English footballer mentality, but at the same time, he's like this cultured wizard. So excellent signing for both what he does on the pitch and, you know, for his psychology as well. I, I would say to kind of cap on this element of just what Ziyech brings into the side is also the experience. I mean, think about the age profile of our team and they called out in the commentary how like, oh, Callum comes on. Now the average age of the team has gone down yet again. And, you know, we have a very 
young side. Even some of our highest profile players we signed this summer are just in the 2021. So let's keep that in mind when you bring in someone who, you know, for Ajax has been playing in the Champions League with a high level of regularity, knows what it means to win the, you know, his domestic competition quite regularly. Ziyech is someone who brings that experience, a bit of a winner's mentality into the side. And I actually think, and I'm interested to see if you saw any difference, Brandon, because I think we, we talked about Krasnodar and we talked about Ziyech and maybe not kind of getting stuck in with some of the defensive end of the game. I actually think he, he bodied up a couple of those Burnley players uh, quite well. And for, you know, I think someone, you know, we talk about profile of players is a little smaller, maybe not kind of the most built out or kind of fully formed player. I think he held himself really well against one of those sides that I typically view as a bunch of bastards and who are one of the ones that are going to get stuck in and kind of put in a little bit of extra physicality. And I didn't see him really shy or pull pull away or pull out of anything. I mean, you're right in the sense, I think that this was probably one of the first matches where we saw like 100% ready to go Ziyech, which again, he needed some time to, to get in and, and figure it out. But, um, you know, it, it's not that... A player can't do that stuff it's just that's really not his the whole point we signed him obviously was was not for that stuff but to see that he has bought into this Lampard style um he's bought into the all right I'm gonna have to play on both sides of the ball track backs we can retain it because that's how the team is playing as a style I mean that's just great to see especially if he's kind of one of the elder statesman in such a young squad you know he's like hey i bought in i'll do the running as well um because i i expect you all to to run as well so um it's great to see i think you know we can come back to this but dan if you if you pulled up the average uh position chart here and zh is very central right almost like as a second mm-hmm. striker and mm-hmm. i thought that was interesting to see you know, he just opens up that flank for Reese James to to operate down the channel, and he's able to almost play like as a hybrid nine ten in in the middle as well, which can create some overloads and some different things like that. But um, that really surprised me as well. And obviously, I think that we'll all be surprised that we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seven players essentially all within fifteen yards of the the center circle. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? I, I just quickly on that. Uh, it's really interesting to see Tammy Abraham literally be on the center circle and, you know, Havertz, Mount, Ziyech, Werner, and both fullbacks all generally averaging a position in front of him, which shows you that the, perhaps the reason Lampard brought in Tammy Abraham into this game to sort of be that, you know, not run the channels, not run in behind, but be a bit more of the link man, the striker to hold up the ball. I'm sure like his defensive work also... Av- brings you know centralizes his average more but that's a it's a really interesting yeah. graphic there i i did want to like make the transition because i know that tammy's in our in our rundown here the i think the last point i'll make on ziesh before we kind of get into how everyone else kind of played every game it seems like there's a different playmaker that stands out you know that's it's been a trend that i've seen this year sometimes it's Havertz, sometimes it's Werner. You could argue that Pulisic did a little bit of that against Krasnodar. Uh, Ziyech has been that guy the last two games. I, I think the sooner that this team in a match figures out who that guy is going to be and lets that person do their thing and everyone else kind of helps out and creates their own space, creates their own moves and chances, the better offensive attacking flow the team will have. If everybody tries to be the guy, I think that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so j- not to say that multiple players can't have great games or multiple players can't make plays, but clearly Ziyech was running the show yesterday. I mean, like it wasn't, I don't think that was up for debate. So I, I think then Havertz doing a little bit more of the shorter link up player, Tammy dropping deep to help start, a, uh, offensive moves. All that stuff just is in service of the team making really, really good passes, moves, and, and eventually scoring goals. Well, and huge credit, obviously, to you know Mount on, on some of the three balls he played as well. Mm-hmm. I think that just kind of goes into uh, how they're all, uh, all kind of clicking and, and doing. And so um, it, the, 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 the attacking options are coming from all over the pitch. I think that is also what's making it really difficult for teams to deal with. 
Um, all right, Dan, let's see. So Tammy Abraham uh, from at Chelsea Youth 2021 at Liverpool. He played less than 15 minutes. Barnsley scored, had a couple assists, including that dummy assist, which was sick. West Brom, he had a goal. Tottenham, less than 15 minutes. Palace, he had an assist, and he's involved in Chill's goal. Southampton played less than 15 minutes. Sevilla, less than 15. United didn't. Krasnodar, assist in less than 15 minutes. He has a goal involvement every 39 minutes this season that he plays. So that, it's just good. that's good. <laughs> well, we, we, we talked about this idea, and you know, I think I, I saw a couple people who were maybe disappointed that Giroud wasn't getting the start this match. And I think maybe, maybe there's just a... a not understanding how Tammy is continuing to improve his game and improve it in a way that allows him to, and I think our, our friend Simon called it out in his three-word match review and calling it a Giroud-esque performance, Tammy dropped way deep. Tammy was absolutely servicing you know, out to Zia. She was servicing you know, back to the, the midfield to kind of put it forward into Werner. He was central to almost everything that we did yesterday and you know outside of not scoring a goal you know he got the wonderful assist for for Ziyech and, and his goal at the beginning of the game put himself up in the box held up extremely well it's exactly what you want to see from a center forward uh, again almost a perfect game outside of not getting the goal and I think that that's a, a credit to Tammy to stay super motivated to stay hungry and to to be ready when called upon you know initially he wasn't even going to start this game nick and so for him to plug in immediately to allow Werner and ziesh the the space to move forward and to drop beyond the halfway line and to kind of even go at, you know as deep into kind of our side of the pitch i mean that, that just speaks volumes i think to the the selflessness and to see that he's still finding a way to improve the productivity of the team is fantastic yeah, I, like I'm not Tammy's dad, but I'm so proud of him. Like I really am. Like I, I think I think the evolution that he's shown in a short amount of time is something to be really excited about. Because this, I don't know if Tammy would have done this at this stage last season. He all he wanted to do was get in front of goal and score, right? And I think he would have been really frustrated this time last year with having to do some of the work that he did yesterday. But what I saw was a guy who was gleefully doing that work, who was getting stuck in a little bit, who was tracking back defensively, and he played left back at one point. Like it, it was, it was incredible to kind of watch the all around game that he had. Now, obviously, he didn't get the chances that he wanted to score, and I think that's always going to be something that he uh, has on his on his mind, but. Uh, I was I was very very impressed, and I think it does Yan bring in a different aspect of how this team can play with Werner and Abraham or Werner and Giroud to have a second striker like Werner who's willing to go on these gut busting runs downfield and to have a a kind of taller center forward who's willing to make the quick distribution so that a ball can go over the top to him. Mm. We haven't really seen that this year. And, and that's an interesting part of where this team could go offensively. Yeah. You know what, man, all our strikers are good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, of course, Werner <laughs> is this like elite gunman run the left channel, whether that's left wing or striker. Um, and then Tammy, like you've just been waxing lyrical Nick about his development of his game this season. It's almost like people were concerned about him, about Werner and like the spotlight coming off him. But I think that might be a great thing. Like you say, like he'll he's still a Premier League striker who can bag a bunch of goals. The headlight, the spotlights are off him quite a lot. They're more distributed, so now he can develop better, in my opinion. And, you know, seemingly our you know World Cup winning target man. He came on. Granted that goal was offside but that was lethal finish and you know mm -hmm. Giroud could come off the bench in one of the next few games and score like a worldie and you'd be like huh you know yeah because you know you wouldn't be like wow what's you know you'd be like yeah Giroud scored a superb goal because it wouldn't shock you at all would it um and it just makes you think wow we've got options man and you know that but i don't know if you boys saw did you see brogia's finish for vitesse yesterday oh my what a, what a finish <laughs> so you think what that you know strike is not a problem for us but yeah um i, I concur 
with everything you pretty much said in Tammy, and I'm very happy with the options we've got uh, moving forwards now. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Well, all right. I think we're going to kind of close book on that one. Obviously, I think Nick wins the Tammy debate of that you're not his father, but you are proud, and we appreciate that sentiment. <laughs> that's well done. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the next part's up. We have Mount and King Kai, and I don't. I don't know what the Mount Tay thing is. Am I missing a reference here? That, that that was a Joe Tweeds thing. He was he was combining Mount and Conte into one word. Uh, no, but you don't put A and E. You just put E with the uh, accent on top. Uh, okay, Kante. there we go. All so, right. Either way. We're going to be diving deep into the midfield. Uh, then we talk about Clean Sheet FC and Edouard Mendy in the defense. But we are going to take a quick break. Uh, thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show financially. And we'll be right back. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. It's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. 2020 has been hard enough. And you know what? Worrying about your routine for taking care of business below the belt shouldn't have to be one of those things you're concerned about. Thankfully, our friends at Manscaped are making your life simple, and they're going to allow you to turn your bathroom with a snap into your very own private. This is the exact copy from the text. Dong Salon. You know, they're, they're concerned about your bangers and mash. They don't want it to look like a mess. You know, they don't want it to be the worst get it bangers and mash and worst anyway they just released their products in the uk canada and australia the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with the advanced skin safe technology that helps reduce grooming accidents that's plus waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes hopefully not all in one sitting and they also released their shears 2.0 nail kit which is the perfect add-on for their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer their perfect package pun intended comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to help complete your ball trimming routine these formulations are all vegan cruelty free dye free sulfate free and paraffin free if you know what all those are to keep your yes this is in the text too disco stick in good hands Look, you're probably thinking about it. You know, you want to keep yourself smelling fresh. You've got the crop preserver for keeping the odor to a minimum downstairs. They've got a crop reviver toner that is spray on for the jewels. And then they've also got a foot duster deodorant. It's so good, you can even reduce the odor of the dirtiest feet. All these things sound great. And you know what? They got a code for our listeners. London is blue. It's a 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. And so, you know, if you want to protect the package and not uh, not have it be the worst, uh, go hit it up now. Manscaped.com, use the code LONDONISBLUE for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, so here we are to the Monte and King Kai. Which, why does mm. King Kai get his own, but we had to combine Mount and Conte? That just doesn't seem fair to me, especially because, like, Mountain Kai are the eights and goes the six. Tweeds, I got, this is I got the questions. This is the thing you take umbrage with. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, right, so we know what bothers you now. Obviously, the four three three being the place to be. Those three in the middle. And Golakante, his game by numbers Burnley coming to you from Squawka. 100% aerials one because he's massively tall. 100% cross completion. 100 touches. 96% pass accuracy. Four ball recoveries. Three tackles. A couple of interceptions, a foul one, a shot, and a chance created. A masterful display. Uh, I don't know. Where do you want to go with this one, Mr. Dormer, when it comes to Angola Conte? This is, I, I guess, like, is the dip over? I mean, is, is as long as he's healthy, this is the guy we know of. It was great. It was 
Look, is it where he naturally sits in the pitch as the six kind of holding in front of the center backs? Not really. That's not where we've seen him potentially be the most effective. You know, he's been, it was really great in the, the Lester side with a, another Chelsea player who we will not name. Um, <laughs> it kind of being able to just dominate uh, going box to box. But he can do a job here. And I think what we saw is the benefit of N'Golo Kante actually getting to rest occasionally, where he's not being relied upon to play every single match that we go game in and game out. There are going to be stretches of the season where that is going to have to happen because of the quick turnaround. And because, But I think maybe if Lampard is able to continue to spell him a little bit against some of these sides in the Champions League, allow us to, to give him 45 minutes off, 60 minutes off, maybe a match off here and there, and we can keep him this fresh, we're going to get someone who is is dominant. He looked very strong in this performance. He looked very comfortable yesterday. And this was about as vintage in terms of just a absolutely dominant performance, I think, that we've seen from Conte in, in quite some time yet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's really... I, I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly, but what is, is an important thing to say at this point is... Kante's played, I think, really well in this lone six role against opposition where we've got really high possession. Um, And it's great. And, I mean, it looks like, you know, defensively immaculate. But the jury, although it does seem perfect, and I, um, you know, I've been hyperbolic about this as well on my channel and stuff, so I'm just as amped as every other Chelsea fan watching that midfield. But the jury has to be out a little bit until you see those two particular attacking eights and um, Golo Kante against uh, opposition who's going to also want loads of the ball and put in a really high press as well. And, you know, what happens in that final third transition to defence when, you know, you've got some of the elites running at you. Um, so the jury's still out. And then, you know, would, would Frank even risk that formation? Part of me thinks, yeah, it could work because of the industry that we know Mason Mount has and the industry that looks like Kai Havertz is capable of, you know, slide tackles running back. You know, he might all be like, he's not just a Galactico attacker. So it could work if they all work together defensively. But I think jury's still out a little bit. I think N'Golo Kante can't play all the games because of stuff you've discussed loads of times on this show about his injury record and fatigue and stuff who comes in instead of him in that formation Jorginho I don't think so not you know like, you know maybe Billy Gilmore Kovacic no um so we, we all love the shape we all love how it brings the best out of the defenders and the attackers but is it something that we can be consistent with all season I'm not so sure but yeah, I know, I know I've sort of dragged that slightly away from Kante. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Brandon. No, you're <laughs> but, good. Uh, I mean, he just yeah. said that he's, he's the, the piece that makes it all work together. And if, to your point, if we want to play this 4-3-3 consistently, but N'Golo Kante can't be there consistently, now we have a bit of a situation. So sure. I don't know, well, Nick. I, I, have, I have the solution, I think. I was thinking about this yesterday because I, I think your point is incredibly well taken. Yeah, and that... Thanks, man. Against your Man Cities, maybe the the way it's structured yesterday isn't the exact solution. But I actually do think that you put Kovacic back as the six because I think he moves the ball quicker. And then I do think that either Mason or Kai, most likely Mason in this case, maybe Kai, I don't know, misses out because of the, the pressing ability. Because I think you have to counter-press City and Liverpool. I think you have to, at times, give it as good as you get it uh, for it to be successful. So then I think you put in Golo up front where he played, you know, in the sorry system um, as, as one of the eights and let him kind of press higher because that's, that's an outlet then um, mm. that, that you can potentially win the ball upfield. So maybe that works. I don't know. I don't know if Frank would do that, but uh, he was immaculate yesterday. And I think the thing that we didn't talk about is he had a through ball that was chef's kiss. I mean, it, it was beautiful. He, That's a welcome he, change as well. He drew defenders toward him and then was like, nope, bloop. Just a, yeah. a nice little perfectly weighted uh, pass. And, and I don't know, I, I think you guys know how much I love him as a player. He's he's my favorite player on the team. So Yeah, no, it was pretty fantastic, obviously. Um, the best part about it was he wasn't the only one. Squawka also teeing up one for Mason. Uh, he said, uh, Mason Mount for Chelsea versus Burnley. Most passes completed in the opponent's half, 47. 
most chances created with three, most shots attempted with three, uh, most tank out, take ons completed three, most tackles three, most shots on target two, and most assists one. He did pretty much everything. So I guess before we get into Nick's eye test, Dan, I will I will let you speak on Mason, and then we can turn it over. I mean, all you need to do is watch his post match interview where he talked about the string of matches that we've won, the clean sheets we kept together. And he talked about the fact that he was able to play his best position and how much he enjoyed it. And Mason Mount is a midfielder. And stop. That is the end of the conversation. Will he continue to get deployed in a wing at some point? Yep, because that's what Frank <laughs> is going to do. Frank is going to do it at points because he is so gifted in his ability that he can be deployed there in a pinch. I think it'll be interesting to see with a healthy Pulisic, with Callum being available, with Timo being an option in the wings, with Tammy being strong. Does he maybe relent from trying to do the square peg round hole situation and try to get Mason onto the pitch in that wing position? But in general, Nick, I think it's great to see him play in an area where he know we know he can be successful and the positive response that we saw yesterday from from fans and supporters, uh, both from you know people who stand for the man, but people who also maybe were critical of Mason, especially from performances earlier in the season where he was on the wing, changed their tune, getting a chance to see him play in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I think I know we're getting to the day of the match later, um, but but my eye test was that he was my man of the match. I think he was excellent yesterday and i sent out a tweet that people responded positively to saying that the haters are awful quiet your first one yeah my first ever tweet you guys (laughs) go like that because it made me feel good um he he was just excellent i mean like some of the things that stood out right uh the tackles that he made uh one sliding tackle that was full of shithousery which i loved the crossfield balls to reese james in the wind yesterday were superb and we didn't see that a ton last year if i'm honest like you know we sometimes our center backs would would put a good one in but we're seeing a lot more cross field switching a play this year and mason was huge in that yesterday uh he was our most dangerous attacking player before the first goal he was the one carrying the ball field getting into uh the opposition final third and, and making dangerous passes i mean it was it was a little bit more muted in the second half because he didn't have as much to do and we were comfortably ahead and it, you know we you know Edward Mendy was kind of the weekend at Burnley's in the in goal just kind of chilling out but I I thought he was superb yesterday and as a, an attacking eight that has still a fair amount of do a uh, fair amount to do defensively Brandon this is a guy that can make this team go he can be an engine type of guy that's exactly what you know his role is, is you know is as a lot of us play ultimate team i mean you're you're slapping that engine card on him because he's going to go box to box and and he's going to help Angelo Conte defend he's going to help Kai Havertz attack and um it's great to see him have the freedom to do it i guess Ian, for you i'll let you decide if you want to talk about mount or Havertz or or maybe combine them um well I'll, t- I'll have a little word for Havertz in a sec but yeah i want to sort of just continue on mount a little bit more on match of the day they spent some time uh talking about him um they you know they were split on zs or mason mount for man of the match but yeah like nick said the the, the switching of play the cross field long diagonals like rightly said in the wind multiple slide tackles you know intricate close play super like genuinely genuinely the complete performance that you know, we know he's capable of. He obviously got the assist from the corner as well for Zuma, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lovely corner. You know, we've seen him score direct, direct free kicks and stuff. He really is such an amazing young man at Chelsea Football Club. And, deserve, you know, his attitude is second to none as well. The way he talks, he's he's not, he's like young, humble academy lad, but just, just there for all the right reasons. So he deserves immense amount of praise. And it's kind of like a cool narrative how... His counterpart and the other attacking eight is Kai Havertz, uh, this German lad, the same age as him, similar players, obviously not much, he's much more coveted around Europe than Mason Mount. But, um, you know, seemingly 
it's, it's humble as well in different ways, quite a shy guy, but and you know, also surprising us with his defensive work. So it's really mm. like impressive, basically, both of them. Um, and although Kai wasn't like as good as Mason in that in that match, he's pretty much demonstrating how he can do a bit more of the defensive graft as well, which means you know he can, he's definitely safe to be in the team wherever, pretty much. Kai Hertz, do you think? If Mason wasn't at Chelsea, clubs would be queuing up to buy him. Yes. Yeah. Or do we just get lucky because he came through our academy? Uh, it, clubs would definitely be in Both? to buy him. <laughs> well, no, because that, that, there'll be like people, people like around Europe would have seen him in Vitesse, would have known him at Derby, would have seen him for England. You know, people would have talked to um, Gareth Southgate and Frank Lampard. And, you know, the same way... Bayern, Bayern are coming in. Bayern don't need midfielders, but they're coming in for Hudson Odoi because they smelt an opportunity. No one smells an opportunity for Mason Mount. They're like, well, pointless trying to buy him from Chelsea, not just because he's good and he's a Chelsea Academy player and, and long term contract, but because of the Frank Lampard connection. So mm-hmm. no one's like dreaming of of signing of uh, of trying to sign him. But um, I'm assuming uh, Dan, you'd you, you'd agree with that sentiment. Oh, absolutely. You know, we you would see. Lots of clubs, I think both in both in England and abroad, would be trying to sign someone like Mason. He's got a really good portfolio of skills and has a profile that's very adaptable. And so, you know, we we look at the type of players that Chelsea have signed or brought in. You know, you bring someone in like Timo who can play central or on the wing. You look at Havertz being someone who can play in the midfield on the right as a second striker, as the lone striker in, in, in you know multiple positions. Mason offers that level of flexibility. And so not only would he be someone who can stick in on your midfield, but who can offer you, oh, you need to spell for a game in a different position. Uh, I mean, we saw at the beginning of last season, he was kind of like a second striker behind Tammy at times in some of our prolific start to the season there. And so anytime I think you have that flexibility, Nick, you've got a player that is, is pretty, pretty damn, damn special. Yeah. I mean, like if you were to, if you were to do like a, a blind, you know, like there's the old uh, Pepsi challenge or whatever, right? Where you, you would just taste different sodas and <laughs> a lot of people would pick Pepsi, right? Because of whatever. If you were to do that with, with some of like the English midfield talent, I, I think a lot of people would be shocked that they would pick Mason Mount, you know, like, and, and I, I think that's just a credit to him. He does have star potential. There is a, a, I think a pretty high ceiling for him. I don't think he's reached it yet, but he's only 21. I mean, when, when you think about prime Frank, that wasn't 21 year old Frank. You know, Frank, Frank got better into 29, 30, 31. I mean, he was still banging in 20 goals a season. So I, I think there's just a long way to go. But the the fact that the effort is there, I mean, that's sometimes half the battle, Brandon, is just showing up and being available and doing the hard job. And yeah, I think Frank's talked about that a lot. I Yeah, I Again, just a hypothetical, but I think, you know, you guys, you guys have, have nailed it. You know, one thing I wanted to talk about how the midfield I felt was so balanced and you could tell was because they were able to play one-two touch the way they faced. So growing up, you always get coaches saying, play the way you face, play the way you face. Well, that only works if you have options. And they were always options for each other. You know, the triangles were there, um, whether it was Tammy checking in and he could lay it off, obviously, for Ziyech's goal. I mean, it was a great example. Um, it's just it's just something that you can see that they didn't have to turn away from defenders to try to find to make a pass angle. There was just always there. So the fluidity um, and, and the speed at which they were able to play was was helped because of that balance and just the the way they were set up. So I just want to touch on that, too, of kind of like how it all came together. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is kind of like the, the formation we want to see line up against some of the big dogs and see how it, uh, how it stacks up and how we can compete at the top. So, um, the, the next part of it though, uh, we obviously we start at the top of the, the lineup there at the attackers and, and worked our way back to the clean sheet FC Mendy crushing it. Uh, he's the first Chelsea goalkeeper since Petr Cech to keep three consecutive clean sheets in his first three Premier League games and, the first Chelsea goalkeeper since Thibaut Courtois to keep five clean sheets in a row. Those are some 
Fun stats is a goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, at expected, Chelsea said, Chelsea have limited opponents to zero shots on target twice in the league this season. First perspective, none of the other big six teams have achieved it even once. Not bad for Frank, quote, can't coach a defense, end quote, Lampard, eh? Um, so, I, I mean, I guess I know what I have to add, but, like, Mendy didn't do much, so you probably don't really need to focus on him and get my perspective on it, Dan. So it's more of looking at what's ahead of Mendy and the preventative nature that that led to another clean sheet. It's, again, limiting chances is the making it difficult and putting them in a position where if you have less than half a goal expected potentially to be converted, you're not allowing a shot on target, you have put yourself in a position to go out and be effective and win the game. And, you know, I think if we kind of look at at the players who helped do that, you know, we saw uh, one or two shaky moments right in the beginning as the team was kind of coalescing. You know, Mendy did have to come out and, and make a kind of just a big body kind of move to play off Barnes to make sure that he didn't get a, a good shot in goal. He kind of skied it up into the left. But beyond that, there was no trouble. There was absolutely no trouble that Burnley was providing our team. And I think part of that was, we talked about the fouling, our team was getting in and making tough challenges and not allowing them to put together any type of physical dominance. And, you know, uh, everybody's, uh, our Nick's favorite bastard, covered bastard and bastard filling. How do you refer to Ashley Barnes? Like, he was, a, he was nothing. He was so quiet. He's a bastard-coated bastard with bastard there filling. There you go. Um, it's true. He, yeah, I mean, I think this this was all about restreams. It was all about Zuma. It was all about Silva, um, and and a, you know, a pretty you know, pretty solid performance from Chilwell. Not his best that we've seen uh, this season, but uh, I mean, there were there was just no room. There was you know, Chris, Chris Wood is like six foot nine <laughs> as a striker. He's fucking terrifying, isn't it? Is, isn't, oh. he, is, isn't he a ki- is he a Kiwi? He's a Kiwi, yeah. Yeah, you know he's just the hardest. Like, sorry to interrupt you, man, no, but like with, with with that striker partnership, Barnes, classic shit house, old English striker. Like, you know exactly the game. He's like got it's like some sort of movie duo with like a sort of big Kiwi imported in, super like strong, like you know, <laughs> dude. This is like the ultimate shit house bastard. I, I love it. Like, it's something from a film, like a part, like a really cool, like but terrible partnership but yeah man they don't score like many a, goals but they'll stick it up yeah it's yeah. like a d-level movie or something or you'd have the two yeah. of them on the poster it's like shithouse strikers yeah it's a yeah the shithouse partnership of wooden barns <laughs> but yeah i'd love to i'd love to hear him because uh, i've never heard him speak wood because obviously i'm imagining he's got a kiwi accent i just think it'd be quite funny him and barnes talking to each other but well, uh, yeah there, there was nothing doing though i mean like there, there were a couple of those shoulder-to-shoulder challenges, and I put that um, in the best context that I can because I think Zuma and Wood were were trying to figure each other out pretty early on, and then I don't think Wood wanted it after the or after halftime. I, I saw him pull out of a couple of those because like Zuma is a truck, dude. Like, not only is he what like six two or six three, he's, he's a pretty big guy, but he is thick. Like he's like running through a wall, man. Like I, I don't, I would not want to deal with that shoulder in my. If I'm Chris Wood, in, I guess in my chest. But like, he's like, good luck with that, dude. Sorry, sorry, Nick, to jump in again, but you're just giving me so much good gear here, mate. Like, do you remember? Do you remember like a couple of few years ago, it was a video that came out. I think it was Didier Drogba's Instagram story when he was in the changing room with um, Zuma, and Zuma had his shirt off. And um, obviously he's like absolutely ripped Zuma. Like, you know, he had like an eight pack and he's stacked, but he's like almost like on his like back above his lumbar. He's almost got like a six pack above his back. And like Drogba was filming him going, what the fuck is this? Look at the six pack on his back. (laughs) It's just because he's like so fucking stacked and obviously really low body fat. So he's just popping everywhere. So yeah, he's a, he's superb Zuma, man. He's a machine. Well, and he got, he figured out how to time his jumps Oh, like beautiful. That is that is the thing that maybe is the most impressive improvement in his game is there were plenty of times last season um where you know Zuma would kind of go get up and you'd be like, Okay, well there's the ball sailing away, and oh hey, here's Zuma coming <laughs> yeah. up in the air, and it just wasn't clicking. 
the delivery from Mason, the timing of the jump, he just seems to hang in the air now. It's like uh, Super Mario 2 where you played as Luigi and you could like hover in the air for like an extra 30 or 40 seconds over any other player, like character. Like that's what Dan. he is. He just stands there. I, uh, I'm gonna, oh, don't worry, Brandon, I'll interrupt you in a second as well. But I just, I just, <laughs> I just, I don't want this one to fly. I just don't want this one to go away. But um, when you said hang time, Thiago Silva's header at the end when he met that corner. Mm. Oh, that needs a mention. Like, I, I, just, I forgot about that until you were saying that, there, that, Dan. How you talk about hang time and perfectly jumped header when, you know, they, they sort of stop in the air. Their shoulders are like slightly high and then they header it. Like, you know, that you get Ronaldo or, you know, Van Persie Prime. Like, I was like, oh, there's Thiago Silva of like... You know, captain of Brazil, Thiago Silva, superstar, eighty thousand rated on FIFA header. Do you know what I mean? Like, there it is. Like, he's not yeah. just like Mar- He's not just settling the boys down in the back line. Like, of, of course, Thiago Silva, like header, like bang, like he like literally just rose. He, he's not the biggest centre half in the world, but that you know, when you play FIFA and you've got like a eighty nine rated centre centre half and how they just jump and meet headers every time, you're like, yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a beautiful, like, hang time. Sorry. Plays taller than he is. He he absolutely plays beyond his height, yeah. which oh, is what a, what a pretty impressive. Yeah. So, real quick to Zuma. Uh, Kurt, thank you to Squawka. Kurt Zuma now has as many Premier League goals this season as Burnley, with three. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, sorry, a, Burnley. A credit the ra- to that The race header. is on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a credit to that header, by the way. I think that's everybody's ideal center back header. And the, oh, the, the thing was an exactly. absolute bullet. I, yeah. It was yeah. as perfect as he could have met that, and he's missed a lot of those over the last two years that he didn't get right heading down or, or he just couldn't get mm-hmm. down on it. That thing was yeah. right in. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. No, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, I was looking for something else. Anyways, so uh, Kurt Zuma has now scored three Premier League goals this season for Chelsea. No player at the club has netted more. Move aside, Werner Avic, Ziyech and company. Upside down, smiley face. Squawky getting in with a little cheekiness in there. Um, look, I like Zuma. He had a great day. But do not forget, he tried to give away a horrid back pass to Ashley Barnes that he thankfully caught up to. Mm. Okay, And then he was also the one who misjudged a straight ball in over the top that went to his head that led to said Ashley Barnes chance that um, Mendy had to come out and get. So again, overall, massively positive, but not perfect, not flawless. And and that's okay because we've got Silva, who is essentially, essentially sponsored by Chevy because he's like a rock. Oh my God. And Chevy, no. I will take your money now. And we are no, now presented by... Jan has left the chat. They're going to ask for money money from you brandon no 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 no. no squawk his stats line had he had the most touches 65 most passes complete 56 most fouls one with four you usually don't hear that from a center back uh 100 aerials one 100 dual success he's in control i think they well, the, i think they ripped that from a chevy commercial well the the fouls one one was interesting because there was one i distinctly remember where we were outnumbered and he was he didn't have anybody behind him and there would have been space. And he he did a really nice fall, like an extended fall onto the ground to make sure he won the ball and stop yeah. play. Like he <laughs> did, smart. He was super smart because yeah. he knew, okay, if I don't do this, we're not <laughs> we're in a bad position. I'm not gonna leave my goalkeeper hanging. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great. Like that that level of just tactical instinct and wonderful understanding of where everybody is on the pitch Yen, it was it was mm. great i i think he adds so much to our back line oh man superb like you know i've said it before said it again i was so concerned about tiago silva coming to chelsea uh, for a multitude of reasons uh, I, I didn't say he was going to be a flop i just expressed concern and a boy of i pleased of how he's doing he looks fit as a fiddle i you know apparently he just takes his care of his body so so well Passing the ball, both feet, spraying them round. He can play as a sweeper in the back three. He can play back two. He's commanding. He's 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 just got, he's so canny with like like what you just said, Dan. Like you know, he's these small moments. He's like, well, this is going to happen. I've been playing first team football for twenty years. I know if I do this, you know, this is the the thing to do. Uh, you know, those set piece headers. He's you know pressed just amount, pressed just the right amount on the B button before he releases to score the goal. <laughs> Super, super strength. Uh, I don't know, man. I could wax lyrical about Thiago Silva loads. I'm, I'm just 
you know, so, so happy. I don't, can he be this good into a second year? I don't know. But, you know, we might be looking at somewhere else by then. But still, I'm just so pleased that he's been an absolute baller. And he looks like possibly, like right now, especially because, you know, Van Dyke's injured, possibly the best centre-half in the league, say it quietly. Do you know what I mean? Like, think of oh, the candidate, buddy. you know, but I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think. You know, now uh, Harry like, Maguire, sir. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? How's it, Magaza? But like, uh, I'm... I'm struggling. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, th- I'm thinking like, okay, not really Liverpool. I mean, centre halves at the moment. City. You're sure they've got Diash and uh, I'm Eric Laporte, but they haven't been great. City. Do you know what I mean? In terms of a, a leaky Chelsea defence to four clean sheets in a row to what you know, like I don't know. Well, it's five out of the last six too. I mean, like that's the, out there. that's yeah. the crazy part. It's five out of the last six clean sheets. Sure. I mean. Mad. First time in four years, apparently, we've yeah. had this clean sheet run. Like it's it, it's cool. I, I did not think it was going to continue, and thus my prediction was again wrong this week, and, and I'm <laughs> lagging way behind in the uh, London is blue prediction standings, which I'm totally fine with because my predictions last year also sucked. But um, <laughs> I, the board I would, the board don't have a great expectation with you this season, mate. You know, I'm also now the foil in our prediction standings. Like, if I predict a draw or I predict us giving away a bunch of goals, it's like the opposite happens. So I'm Mm -hmm. getting a bunch of people on Twitter going, hey, do that stupid prediction thing again. (laughs) It's working. You're doing it for the people. Yeah, there you go. That's that's why you're I'm selfless, baby. I'm selfless. (laughs) All right. All right. Hey, Dan, run us through your man or your Dan of the match. We'll hit the table and and wrap this one up. Can't we just call that Yan of the match for this episode? We can't. yeah, the yeah. Yan of the Match brought to you by the Yan of the Match, the, uh, the the Yan of this podcast. Sure. And anyway, <laughs> we had a couple of good options, actually a lot of good options in this match. Uh, I went with a four of Havertz, Conte, Mount, and Ziesch. I think there were plenty of people who said you could have added this person, this person, this person. But that's what happens when you win 3 nothing. Look, Twitter only has four options, okay? Get mad at Twitter. It's the easiest thing to do. Don't get mad at me. Anyway... Ziesch with 57% of the vote is the number one. It was Conte next with 23%, Mount with 15, and Havertz with five. So uh, thoughts, feelings? I I would have personally thrown either Silva or Tammy into this. Who would you have taken out? Havertz. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Havertz was fine, functional, but I would have put Reese James over Havertz. Ooh. Ooh, Reese is a good shout too. Someone who we really didn't even talk about in this episode, but, uh, probably... but that was such a great team performance, boys. Do you know what I mean? It's testament yeah. to to everyone functioning well together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, mm. just remember, it was dead last Burnley, which we Brandon masterclass. You were such a counter. Okay, such a down about it. Like it's still um, a Premier League all team. All I'm saying is, I want to see it against Everton. Okay, apparently. this is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is like. Interrupting Brandon now, I've completed my set. Um, <laughs> basically, yes, I said in my match review, context is required. It's Burnley who are about a win. But this isn't like some team that was promoted last year. Burnley have been like an ever-present in the Premier League of late. And the thing is, they played well last time out against Tottenham, I think it was. They gave them a game. Yeah. And the thing is, people say, oh, they haven't won yet. Yeah, so they are fucking due a win, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. all, this is like this is like all in. Like, okay, we haven't won that. This is we need to, you know, this is everything. That's yeah. that's how they'll go into this. Um, so is you know, uh, yes, yeah, sure, it was Burnley, but Chelsea play people when they look at that game. No one's going, oh my god, Burnley were terrible. No, everyone's saying, God damn, look at Chelsea, mm-hmm. they're excellent, and you know they're gonna win the Super Bowl. Mic drop. Wow. Just, I love how you uh, just yeah, my American friends so much <laughs> about the NFL this season. It's been fun watching you literally Dude, learn one Yen's WhatsApp been, message at a time. Yeah, yeah, Ian's been in the WhatsApp going, "Tell me about first downs and why." Yeah, about the, come on, the I Green know, I know Bay about, Packers and forgot, cheese curds. Listen to that, man. I'm about to go sack Dan. Oh, <laughs> get him. All right, I like it. Before this gets violent, though, I better run us through the the Premier League table as it stands. So uh, Liverpool have now jumped up into first place because Everton have lost their last two matches. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it's Southampton up into third, Wolves up into fourth, Chelsea up into fifth. 
So obviously there's a round of matches being played yet today on Sunday um, when we won't have the, the live table update after that. But then you've got Villa, Leicester, Tottenham, City making a jump up, uh, Newcastle, who are 10th, uh, Arsenal are 13th, United 15th, um, but they obviously have matches. They're playing, what, in right now? They just kicked off. Uh, then you got Sheffield, Fulham, and Burnley at the bottom, 18th, 19th, 20th. So, uh, again, kind of what I've been saying is we got to stick around the top. We got to stay uh, right where we want to be. That was a huge match. We climbed five places. Um, and we're now, with the goal difference, we're in a really good spot. We're on 12 points. Wolves, Southampton, Everton all on 13 points. But we have the best goal difference out of all of those teams. So, uh, it's really good to see. Obviously, there's a handful of clubs on 11 and 12 points right behind us, so uh, it's going to be competitive. We got to keep it up, and we got to we got to we got to juggle it all because we've got midweek Champions League right now, and it's mm. it's staying busy. So, um, anything best, we missed? Uh, second best goal difference in the Premier League right now. Yeah, Only Tottenham have a better goal difference, which is concerning. where we were last season from goal difference to where we're starting out now. This is absolutely a Brilliant. very very positive sign like wolves wolves in mm-hmm. fourth place with a zero goal difference yeah, after, well, after seven games it's one it's one jimenez goal at a time they're winning yeah. by and right. it, like that's kind of crazy brick by brick. i will say you're looking at southampton i i mean we're obviously pissed off about that result and should have won that going away comfortably but at the end of the season we might look back at southampton being the surprise top six team and go, man, maybe that result was a harbinger of things to come because yeah. they're playing super, super well right now. Yeah. They had Shout a terrible there. second half where they kind of took their foot off the gas, but they were up 4-0 in the first half over Villa. They earned it. They yeah. earned it. Um, anything we missed, Ian, that you wanted to get in before we uh, before we wrap? Not really, man. Probably just, um, I think, after these, in terms of like a final thought, I think... After these recent performances with clean sheets, you know, the greatest criticisms of Frank Lampard that have been thrown at him. Looks like he's answering uh, said critics. And I think if these players continue to express themselves, if, if we see continued functionality in that midfield, people will talk about Chelsea as title contenders. Uh, I don't think that's being like a, a sweeping statement purely because... Liverpool don't have Van Dijk this season. Sure, they've got the champions mentality. We saw that win being ground out, but they're, they're not like, you know, swashbuckling, are they? So I think, you know, if we, if we claw back a couple of points on them and look great, people will have to talk, to, talk about Frank Lampard's Chelsea as title contenders. So stick that in your pipe. I mean, they got a dodgy penalty yesterday. Oh, yeah. And that and that and that is the difference between them being on top with 16 points or and being on top with 14 points mm. and, like they they absolutely have gotten some good gifts this season and you know we were texting with our uh, wonderful friend mike ryan ruiz who hosts the chelsea mike up podcast uh, during the game and his question was why not us yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well and said at the beginning the title challenge has been launched so mm. uh we're within striking distance and that's what we want so um let's see next match ren all right, going to be doing a midweek in the Champions League again. So enjoy that. We will not have a preview, but we'll be back with a match review. Uh, I know, yeah, and you're getting a live look at uh, what Dan, just his his many, many attempts to trip me up throughout an episode, but I've managed them with grace today. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll be back with the Ren uh, match review. Uh, for next week so enjoy your monday chelsea fans yan thank you so much for jumping on and being with us it was a pleasure, pleasure. yeah it, yeah it was great fun thanks for having me we're gonna really let appreciate you guys... all the interruptions buddy thanks <laughs> glad you got your hat trick of interruptions today it was wonderful no, masterclass where's my Pro- fucking match ball <laughs> prolific <laughs> Oh, man. He's like playing Bing over there, checking all these boxes. So uh, anyways, that's going to wrap us up, listeners. Thank you so much. You're the best part about this. So make sure to get in touch with us through our Discord, uh, through our social media. So let's see if I can do it this time. But that's going to wrap us up, Chelsea fans. Until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.